this game really tapped into something for me. Can he barrel roll? No. Can he boost? No. You should totally go. I dare you to go. I double dog dare you. Hello, welcome to the Geek Quorum. It's a fracking podcast. <laughs> yes, it is. I remembered. I remembered to say it. <laughs> it is a fracking podcast, and uh, we are a sci-fi and geek and gaming podcast covering all sorts of things. My name is Brian. I'm Burn. You can find us on the web at geekquorum.com or galacticacorum.com. Our email is gquorum at gmail.com. That's spelled G-Q-U-O-R-U-M. And let's see what else. We're on Facebook if you look up Geek or Galactica Quorum. Facebook is very strange. You've got to like do all kinds of stuff to make sure we show up in your feed. So please do that because otherwise we'll just be lost among all the cat pictures and everything else. What else am I forgetting? Is there anything I'm forgetting? Oh yeah, talk show. We started talk show. we started texting chatting on our little talk show show. It's an app you can download and look for Geek Quorum and you can observe as Burn, Michelle and I talk about when are we going to record <laughs> and when are you going to see this movie uh, of course it's more than that i mean yes. if you want to follow, if the three of us are texting and chatting during the week sharing links with one another yeah. that's where we do it yeah the really good stuff will bubble up to facebook perhaps but the inane blather that we sometimes engage in if such a thing excites you please join us well all talk you show. know most of the internet is inane blather and people love it for some reason so if if that's the thing you're into, uh, please join us there. And also we have Twitter accounts as well. So I think Michelle's taken over the curation of our Twitter feed, which is great because I just I'm not into the Twitter. No. So yeah, that's where we're at there. But so, major major shout out, and if you're listening right now, obligatory call to action here. Like us on Facebook, like the page, follow us and subscribe to us on Talk Show, follow us on Twitter. Please leave a review of the podcast on iTunes. All of that is helpful. It all helps us build um, our community of listeners um, and followers. So please, if you're, if you're a fan, um, show your love, like us, subscribe to us, tweet us, retweet it, whatever it is you do, just do it on that network. Yes, definitely. And this is a kind of short and sweet podcast we're thinking. We just are we're talking on Skype and we figured, hey, let's before we get too deep into all our stuff, and that always happens, uh, we should turn the record button on and we're going to actually record. Michelle isn't with us tonight, so I don't think we're going to well, – I know we're not going to go into our Force Awakens and other Star Wars stuff because uh, we just could not have her not be involved in that. So, But what we will talk about is – Rogue One reshoots. That was all the all the buzz. Yeah, Rogue One reshoot. So, huh. there's not much to talk about with Rogue One. Maybe in the weeks coming up to it, it would be fun to talk about. Yeah. But all I, all all I can Rogue say One is, I remember people forget this, but prior to Force Awakens coming out, there was a kind of similar article that Disney was worried they weren't sure about Force Awakens. So I don't know. I'm taking all this with a grain of salt. The one thing that does concern me is. If there is some level of truth to they were expecting one type of movie or they I think the wording was something like they want it to be more like a feel like a Star Wars movie. Uh, I thought the whole point was there were these standalone movies were going to be departures. Have more freedom. And have more freedom. Because if, if, if it's just going to be – I mean I understand well, if it's interesting too dark, to see, then yeah. it'll be – there's probably a kernel of truth in that statement. Yeah. 
but I think the whole truth of that is still not known. Yeah. The trick is is understanding what was not Star Wars about it. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, and I think a that's, samurai. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> well, I think that's where all the speculation is, and that's where you kind of run afoul. Yeah. Is was it too dark? Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's there's there's precedent for Star Wars being dark. Yeah. Was it um, – so who knows what that means. Yeah. But I'm with you. Like if Disney is going to really tightly control the creative process, that's unfortunate. Yep. I guess we'll see. And the other thing is if there is actual cause for this concern, like, oh, that's not working or whatever, since it is six months out from the movie, they have time to fix whatever they need to fix. So it's better now than a month out from the movie. They're like, oh. We have so many problems. Right. I think they'll be fine. Although there is one thing that kind of is weird to me is, uh, and it's in the trailer, is that, you know, they're putting that, uh, the weapon. Dome the or dome whatever. Or inverse dome into the thing. And I'm like, that's stupid. <laughs> it's like, how much would the mass of that thing be? And it's like, how are you going to slide that in there? Just, it, it didn't make any sense. Zero gravity, zero gravity. Yeah, but if there's momentum. It doesn't matter if there's zero gravity. If it's Tractor beams. Yeah, tractor, yeah, I guess so. Maybe that's an idea. But then you'd have to have a power source for that. All right, so for this one, since we're not going to be talking about Star Wars, you and I are both fans of the X-Wing tabletop game, and some stuff came out today. And um, you were just, before we hit the record button, you were giving some of your thoughts on that. So so go ahead. I feel like um, we may have done our, our listeners a disservice, because I don't know how many of our listeners actually know about X-Wing. But in case you don't know what X-Wing is, Brian... Uh-huh. Um, or for our listeners, because you do. Mm-hmm. X-Wing is a tabletop game with miniatures. You buy ships. They're not that big. Um, they're not that small. They come with cards and pilots. Uh, or or pi- Each ship has a number of pilots you can assign to it. Each ship can be assigned a number of upgrade cards that affect uh, the ship's abilities in a various ways. And the idea is that each ship has a, a number of allowed movements that it can make. It can move forward two, it can turn left one, and so on and so forth. Each ship's movement dial is unique. The way the game works is uh, on an open tabletop. There's no board, right? It's just uh, ships can move around within a three-by-three-foot square. You place the ships, uh, you select a movement, you in-sequence reveal your movements, you lay out these little templates and move the ships along the template so that if a ship moves to, does a two right turn, you take out the two right template and place it next to the ship and move the ship to the end of the template. And that simulates and right, uh, approximates where the ship would be after executing this maneuver. So what's really nice is you can play a game on an open tabletop it feels like the game plays a lot like chess and that the man- maneuvering and placement on the board is really key, but you're not confined to a grid. Mm-hmm. You can really be anywhere in this space. And, and turns go from you do a, a round of movement and then action and then combat. And you roll dice to see um, how ships get um, hit. Um, and every time, every so often, uh, Fantasy Flight, the maker of the game, um, releases new ships, and so the game is kind of constantly evolving as more ships come out, as more rules are introduced, as more pieces are introduced in the gameplay, more pilots, more ships, etc. Um, and that's X-Wing in an almost nutshell. 
Very good. I think you did a fine job describing that. So here's the thing. So I just saw Fantasy Flight's announcement about uh, Wave 9, I believe it is. And I haven't played, I don't have any of the Wave 8 ships yet. So I'm I'm a Wave or two maybe behind on getting the ships because, man, it is a money pit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <It's so> <laughs> I, lo- I mean, I love the game so much, but every single time there's like a new Wave and then I'm, I find myself spending $100 on ships and then struggling to find people to play with sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, there's only so many times I can play with my son. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just saw Wave 9 and I'm really feeling like – my initial reaction is that it makes me worry for the game a little bit. Mm-hmm. Not in that I think the game makers, that Fantasy Flight is running out of steam. Like It's clear to me that Fantasy Flight is approaching this, the design of this game with great intention and with a really good kind of thought process. And the end result is a game that is constantly evolving and constantly getting better and so they're keeping the game very fresh and alive. That I like. But my critique is they seem to have run out of great, like, old-school content. Yeah. They – keeping the game fresh always by releasing new ships. And the ships have no resonance with me mm-hmm. because I don't recognize them. Yeah. Like, and I'm surprised, I'm surprised that's happened, to be honest. Because yeah. when I think about the Star Wars universe, there's so many ships. Yeah. Uh, I agree 100%. Uh, the last couple waves, I've been underwhelmed. The I think it was wave seven that had the K-Wing and the TIE Punisher, which is ridiculous. <laughs> it's basically a TIE bomber, but with like two extra pods on it. So there's like four things. Uh, and it's it's just ridiculous. And I understand the K-Wing and the Punisher from Expanded Universe, but... I saw those designs and I was just like, that's a stretch. So that wave I wasn't as into. The last wave, eight, uh, actually I liked quite a bit. That has some great ships for Scum and for the Imperials. And just as a little side note, I think the move to make a third faction, originally there was Imperials versus Rebels, obviously, and they came out in a wave, I don't know, five or six with um, this new faction, the Scum faction. I think that was a great shot in the arm for the game. It just it opened up things tremendously. And at this point, I think Scum is a... It's more than viable. It's like almost the one to have. But so anyway, Wave 8 had some, some really nice ships. Um, and I think I got... Did I get... There's usually, you know, one for each faction and maybe one extra one I think is usually Scum. Because they're catching up, they usually get an extra... I'm trying to think if I got all those or not. I did not because I didn't get the Ghost, which was a large base ship from the TV show, The Rebels. Right, right. And so for this wave, I looked at what was coming out, and some of it was kind of leaked a couple weeks ago on some European site had some list, which at the time seemed spurious. I was like, uh, I don't buy that, <laughs> but... It could be, and it turned out to be valid. It was, it was true. Do you have the, do you have the ships? Yeah, I do. The, uh, the ships in Wave 9 are the ARC-170, right. which looks like a precursor to the X-Wing. Right. So that, that is a ship from Episode 2 or 3, one of those. I think it's Episode 2. Okay. Which is interesting because 
There are no other ships from the prequels. Yeah. They've, and they've they, definitely gone out of their way to keep them completely out of the game. Right. No I'm almost certain. I mean, when I look at this ship, it does look like some of the concept art, early concept art of the X-Wing. Because mm-hmm. it kind of has an S-foil situation going on a little bit. Anyway, um, you have to look at an image online for, for, for listeners. If it, if it came from the prequels, that's, that's, a, that's a surprise to me. Mm-hmm. There's the Special Forces TIE, mm-hmm. which looks exactly like any of the other First Order TIE fighters. Mm-hmm. So it's the black paint scheme with the white panels. Mm-hmm. There is also the Protectorate Starfighter. And the Protectorate Starfighter is a small starfighter. Um, it's also known as the Fang Fighter. And it looks like it is a scum ship. And the last one is more of a, a medium-sized ship, mm-hmm. and that's the Shadowcaster. That is the ship that belongs to um, Ketsu Anyo, which is a, a bounty hunter. And that's also a scum ship. And that's from Rebels, right? It must be. It must be, yeah. Because I don't. It looks very Star Trekky. It's got yeah. like these kind of nacelle things on the side. Right. It has the kind of Star Wars Rebels aesthetic going on yeah. a little bit. Yeah, so my thoughts are these ships are from all over the place. You've got a ship from, I'm um, looking at the online stats for it. It appeared in episode three and in the Clone Wars show. So you got something from the prequels. You got something from the latest movie. So it's the newest of the new. And you have something from a cartoon series that's relatively recent, but in terms of chronology also takes place before episode four. And the other thing is, I think this is where, and we haven't talked about this yet on the podcast, but one of my gripes with Force Awakens is just the overall underwhelming amount of new ship designs. I think this is where Fantasy Flight is having to really look for something new because basically Force Awakens had an X-Wing, a new version of an X-Wing, but just that one, uh, a TIE Fighter, which was basically a different paint job of the other TIE fighter. And yes, there's a special forces, which has a turret. I guess it has a pilot and a gunner. So I guess this ship in, in this game could have a uh, crew member. Maybe. I mean, that's, I guess what the thingy would be. I wonder if the production designers were trying to not fall into the temptation of creating too many new things the way I think George Lucas frequently did. And cause I think it draws the attention away from the movie and the story and it makes it yes, more yes but as we've said in our last episode where they they drew way too many parallels to the original movies i think they went way too far and not pushing enough in something new and if they truly were saying let's just repeat a lot of what we've done and just give it a little bit of a, a modification here or there then why not give us a updated y-wing or a just throw in an A-wing somewhere or anything. Even as is not a primary yeah. ship of any kind, just in the background, you mean? Yeah, just something. I, I was very surprised that the whole assault on Starkiller Base was just composed of these T-70 X-wings, and there was nothing else. If you're ragtag, you're going to get whatever you can get. And I would think they'd be old Rebel Alliance hardware lying around, and that they would spruce it up and... But anyway, that's a critique, again, of a movie we... <laughs> um, back to this game. So the other thing that bothered me about this release is that for some time now, I have been lamenting that in a game called X-Wing, 
if you play it at all competitively beyond just your friendly tabletop gaming sessions with friends or family, or whatever, you hardly ever actually field X-Wings onto the playmat because they're not cost efficient. They're not competitive. They did a minor fix with the integrated Astromech card, which allows you to basically get a hull and a half of, of value to your, your ship. But still, that's not enough because it didn't affect the meta at all. I understand what the meta is because I listen to people talk about the game competitively. Do I play it competitively? Do I actually get into the, the, the scrum of the meta? No, I do not. But that said, I do like to assemble using online tools in different squadrons um, of a 100-point ship list and almost never do I throw in X-Wings. And I think that's just a shame. I don't understand how every ship has had a renaissance of some kind. The Y-Wings came back when they brought in the Twin Laser Turret. You know, the TIE Defenders are coming back. One of the worst ships they ever initially put out is coming out with a new uh, release very soon that's going to make them come back into prominence. They Everything has gotten some sort of upgrade later on down the line where they added a new card or some sort of title to it that is, has brought them up. And the X-Wing is just still not... There's still people that play with um, older ships like B-Wings or even A-Wings now have a resurgence because, you know, their people are finding them to be really good against certain ships because they, they're very, they're the most nimble and fast ships in the game. And, and they're cheap. Uh, and they're cheap. And uh, I was just disappointed that, again, we're not going to see anything for the X-Wing. And, and if you look at the key fighter in the game, which has since day one never gone from prominence that's the tie fighter the tie fighter is low cost it's efficient people still play it and it's gotten a bajillion pilots over right. the years and they still i mean they're still getting new pilots yeah. and they're still being used and the x-wing nothing no I, I couldn't agree more and i do like listening to and noodling on how you fix the ships like how do you how do you bring certain ships because the game makers have clearly stated like some ships are broken like the TIE Advanced, you know, Darth Vader ship is kind of a broken ship as well, far as the game was. is concerned. It was until they, the the um, the Raider, the Raider came out. If you have the Raider pack, the right. TIE Advanced but is amazing. <laughs> what's What's really frustrating about it is that that's a ninety nine dollar or ninety dollar yeah expansion right. just to fix one ship. If that is the ship you really love and you really want to play with it, that's asking a lot. Yeah, like what What is really surprising about this game as far as like what they're not doing is there is clearly a trading card element to this game. Mm -hmm. And the way they're building the game does not tap into that nearly enough. The entire game is driven by producing new ships. Right. When they could be, as is often said, as you alluded to, right, they could be really just focusing on the meta by releasing cards, just mm -hmm. card packs, even if they were blind and you don't know what you're going to get, right? Now, I don't know... You know, having a lot of extra cards really does not help you in this game the way, say, um, it does in Magic or in Pokemon. I suppose if I've I've never played that, but in all of that genre of game, having a lot of you know extra cards can I suppose be beneficial. And it's not beneficial in this game because of the cardinality with the ships. Right, one pilot, one ship, mm. and any ship can only really sustain a certain number of um, upgrades before it's maxed out. But if they really want to fix the ships. They don't need to re-release the ships. They just need to ship new cards. And they can make those cards available as standalone expansions. Right. And they could drive, I think, a very healthy business around that and yeah. build a whole trading culture yeah. around the game. 
like you said, like with the TIE fighters, there are tons of pilots to choose from. Yeah. And it keeps the ship alive. And it can keep the game fresh because one new pilot can really change mm-hmm. the dynamic of a, of a game. Yeah. Well, there's certainly been enough X-Wing pilots. Like, there's the cargo ship expansion. Again, this is a larger ship for the epic part of the game where you have more point values and you have a bigger play area. And, you know, so coming out with that, it included, I think, three or four more X-Wing pilots. And, you know, some of them are pretty good. But again, that didn't fix the fundamental problem of the cost of the ship itself. And uh, the only thing I think might still be able to save it is the fact that Rogue One is coming out in December. And I'm assuming that with that movie, they will be able to add a lot more ships into the inventory because I'm sure there's going to be some new ship they're going to put in, Imperial and for Rebel. I I don't know how they they couldn't. Um, But the problem is they just did this Wave 9 release or announcement. So what does that mean? Does that mean we have to wait till wave 10? It's going to be too too little too late, I think, for the X-Wing ship. Now, for the game, the X-Wing game, they're fine. They'll, they'll, they'll continue along. And it's, Oh, my God. Just publish new ships and yeah. I buy them. Yeah. Like, because they're, they're, and they're, God, I don't know what it is. This game really tapped into something for me. And it, it ignited, really, a love of board games, generally. Mm-hmm. Because it brought me back to the my local game store frequently. Mm-hmm. I remember buying the initial set, just the the starter set. Mm-hmm. Which, if you if you are a listener, go out and buy it. It's like thirty five bucks. It is a ton of fun, a ton of fun. You just need one other player, and you can get up and running with your first game in like fifteen twenty minutes. I played it once. I was at the game store the next day buying more ships, and I was just buying ships <laughs> left and right because. Not only is it Star Wars, mm-hmm. but it has trading cards, yep. and it has that deck-building aspect to the game of like mm-hmm. building a deck. And it's little toys and miniatures. Like, yeah. And the miniatures, cut hats off to mm-hmm. Fantasy Flight, because most of these miniatures are beautifully painted. Yeah. They're tiny, yeah. but so well-made. Yeah. So they're just fun to kind of have out. It's just a fun game. The mechanics and the tactileness of the game and moving the pieces around – Really smart, a lot of fun. Now, let me ask you this: If you could do, if you could make a sh- make a ship or make a card, introduce a rule or do anything to the game, what would you do? Yeah, I would fix the X-wing. There are a couple things that I thought might be interesting to try. One of the things that I thought of was how the there's a, a ship that's the IG-88 ship, and it has this incredibly powerful title card which costs zero points so for nothing you get to add this when you field two of them or more under the table the title card allows you to share the pilot ability of one ship to its brother ship basically so you have different pilots who have their own special abilities but this title card which costs zero points again (laughs) allows them each one can share everybody's ability so if one has an ability to fire three times, which this I'm just making this up. Um, another guy has a, a special ability is to, when someone shoots you, he will always evade. Then they both get that. So it's just very powerful. Um, yeah. so, so I thought, what about if something similar to that, where you can have whatever droid you have uh, works for all the X-Wing pilots? Like if one guy is R2-D2, one guy has an R4 unit or whatever, and they could share it that way 
Another idea I had at one point was just to give an, a discount to the Astromax. They kind of did that with that integrated Astromax, which I think is a zero-point card. I think for the X-Wing, another thing that would be helpful would be something called just like the Force, where you get to have some sort of special focus that allows you to either fire a torpedo. Because that would... I, I'm thinking like thematic. The X-Wing, especially with Luke... And even with Poe in the, the last movie where they're firing and destroying stuff with torpedoes, I think they should allow the X-Wing to have the, the same kind of punch that some of the newer ships that are being used, uh, like the Jumpmaster, to uh, just give them a free torpedo that just like can be an almost auto hit. I think that would make it really uh, enticing for people. I don't know. So what would, what would you do? I don't know. I, I, I initially kind of asked the question because while you were talking about missiles an idea struck me so this is a a very half-baked idea but i think it would be interesting if when they came out with the homing missile as an upgrade one of the things that struck me was that it's not a homing missile like it doesn't actually home in on anything Mm -hmm. i like the idea of missiles not having a range i like the idea that you could have a missile that you could fire even at the very beginning of the game Mm -hmm. that could only move forward at a constant speed, it could turn, mm-hmm. it could veer, right. and it could go straight, and it could only do move two at a time. Right. But that you could fly it around the game board until it hit and met and hit a target. Yep. So the idea that at the very beginning of the game, which is often when you watch tournaments, very slow. Like when I play with my son, my son is like full speed ahead. Like he flies <laughs> right at you mm-hmm. without thinking because he just wants to start rolling dice. That's all mm-hmm. he wants to do. Right. If you watch like people who are really good at the game, positioning mm-hmm. is so important, right? So the beginning of the game is this really slow kind of chess game where they move forward one and they're constantly bumping into each other because they're, they're just trying to position their ships just right, trying to see what their opponent is doing. And then once they have kind of picked their line of attack, then they go. Right. But I like the idea of how could you disrupt that. Mm-hmm. And one idea is to, at the very beginning of the game, like fire off these missiles and fly them around the board as kind of, they're like almost like NPCs. Right, right. Like non-player characters, right? They have no intelligence. They have no ability. They're the first to move or the last to move. I don't know. If, they wouldn't have a pilot skill, so you'd have to figure out when they would move. But again, you can move them along um, specific trajectories until they reach their target or perhaps get shot. And I would say that they would be hard to shoot. I'd like some more kind of add-on elements to the game like that. Mm-hmm. Things that really kind of shake up the way a game can work. Um, alternative rule sets that two players when playing can kind of optionally adopt. Mm-hmm. There are a number of rule sets that the community has come up with, like campaigns Mm -hmm. that are exceptionally Mm well-produced. These are a way of playing the game that spans several games. And the way it kind of works is something like this. It's almost like a choose-your-own-adventure. There is a story that the players are meant to follow. You start off in a battle, and based on the outcome of that battle, you either go down one path on the campaign or another, and that dictates how the story evolves. It also tells you what's your next battle. And the battles are not just simply last man standing. 
the battles have objectives. You're either trying to escape or you're trying to claim territory. Like there is an objective to play towards. And I like that type of gameplay mm-hmm. because it means that the tactics and the strategy vary wildly. And the kinds of ships you might bring to bear to accomplish that objective can also vary. But this this whole notion of every game is simply a combat session, it's a fight to the finish, is fun to an extent mm. for me. I'd like to see a greater effort to, to have long-form gameplay, but keep the format of each battle or mission being relatively short. Because that's the other thing I really like about this game, mm. is that it takes about an hour to play. Yeah, It's short. And if you have kids, like, I don't think I could do an epic game with my son. Mm-hmm. Like, he does not have the attention span to sit and play for three or four hours. Right. Same thing for Armada, which is another um, a game by Fantasy Flight, which focuses more on capital ships and fleet strategy rather than individual ship tactics. Right. Have you played that one? I haven't. I would really like to play. Yeah. I have that one, and I have not gotten around to playing it because it's just a time investment that I don't have at the moment right a time and money investment because god if the ships for x-wing or burn your wallet their armada ships are just expensive <laughs> they are so cool looking. they are very cool i want to just buy like the main star destroyer just to have that because it looks really so cool it really does it really does yeah that's one thing i'd like to see fantasy flight do is do some sort of campaign thing like this they usually include with the larger base ships some sort of uh, little mission that's different from just the regular X-Wing game where you have some scenario and you usually come to like little special tokens. Like there'll be like a little space station or little mines or satellites or whatever. And they'll give you one or two different scenarios that you can do to uh, to play out the mission using the ships you just got. Or, But the other thing I like to see them do possibly is some sort of online component. Because uh, right now, the only way to do it is using this tool called Vassal. A lot of people play on it, but I I just have never... They say that once you understand how it's set up and how to move the stuff around, it's not so bad. But I don't know. It's just still not as user-friendly for me. So I think there's, there's other games that have made the transition from card games or whatever to online in some way that they're very successful. And I think they could easily do that. They just got to find a developer. My son had a really good idea for a game variant. When you destroy a ship, the ship is replaced with a debris field. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. So that the board is changing. Yeah. And there are consequences for flying really close. Yeah. We played that once, and it was actually really fun. And one of the things that was very interesting is I was at range one, Mm -hmm. which is a very right Mm-hmm. You want to be at range one, right. except if there's a debris field when you blow them up because right. you're going to fly right into it. Right. So it changes. It added anyway. It added a really kind of unique and interesting element to the game because by the end of the game, the board was really cluttered. Mm. We didn't start with as many asteroids. We didn't start with six asteroids. Mm-hmm. But by the end of the game, like flying got increasingly more difficult. Yeah. God, you know, I do want to. I want to play this game more. Yeah, I'd like to play it more, but. It's partly intimidation because, again, I play in a an area where the best of the best actually live and play. At. <laughs> it's a little intimidating to go into a game store where, oh, yeah, there's the world champion. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. You should totally go. Yeah. I dare you to go. I, mean, I double 
dog dare you? The first time I went, I went very casually, which means I just showed up with my stuff and I built a deck mm-hmm. on the fly. Mm. And that was the stupidest thing. <laughs> because all these guys already have their decks built, so they're right. ready to play. Right. Like they'll walk in the store and they're like, Yeah, I'm I've been waiting for you know yeah. I, I I did this last night. I'm ready to play. And I'm like, give me a second. Yeah. That was stupid. So you gotta go you gotta show up prepared. Yeah. But yeah, so I would like to play more. But the other thing is I love to talk about the game. I love to scrutinize the cards. I love to like build all the uh different possibilities and different builds and kit everything out. But the, the fact is, I'm just, I'm not a very good strategic player because I basically yeah. think one turn ahead and I need to think two or three. And even then, I think two or three ahead for me. <laughs> I don't think, I can barely think one turn ahead for myself and for the other person. So it's like, well, I think he's going to do that and I'm going to do that. These guys are thinking two turns ahead. They're also, or they've at least designed their their squad to be very synergistic. Yeah, well, that part I've got. That part I think I, I'm pretty good at. Uh, I listen to enough of the stuff, and I know the stuff that the way things work. But the uh, there's another component, and we touched on it very briefly. But the whole bumping aspect is a whole level above that I just barely have a grasp of. I understand it. I just don't know how to employ it. I see it done, and I see how how powerful it is to basically get in someone's face, deny them the movement they needed, deny them an action because they bumped you and basically wreck their plans. But I don't know how to do that as well. So that's one of the things I I fear is like going to one of these game stores and being like, okay, I got this. I got this. I'm going to try this. Oh, you just did that. And okay. uh, Oh, that's bad news for me. (laughs) I'm I'm a sitting duck. Uh, uh, You're rolling four dice and I'm rolling one. Oh, okay. Uh, mm. So, yeah, this game, just want to play more. Based on Wave 9, I don't know how the Rebel Faction is going to keep up. Because as it is in Wave 8, there's already distance between Scum and Imperials and Rebels. Like, there's a marked distance between them. And just in terms of what the powerhouses of Scum and with the Aces builds for the Imperials... The rebels are falling behind, and it's. Hmm. I'm not seeing anything in. Well, you didn't get the um, the ghost. The ghost. Yeah, like that's that ship seems to be that's pretty beefy. It's and beefy, that's interesting. It's beefy. Uh, to hear you know the pros talk about it, the the one that's the most viable is the basic one, which is funny because usually it's the other way around where the name pilots are the best. But they're saying that the basic one is good because it's beefy. It doesn't cost a ton of points. But still, there, there's problems in that the Rebels don't have an, a true ace. They don't have... Well, I fly Wedge Antilles. Yeah, that's the thing. Sure, he's an ace. He's pilot skill nine. But again, point-wise, there's other ships like the Inquisitor flies circles around that guy. It costs less points. He's got just incredible action utility. He can do so many things. Wedge has, yes, he's got a great skill. But can he barrel roll? No. Can he boost? No. He's got the same X-Wing stats, which frankly aren't right. that great. So, right. yeah, and Rebels have a hill to climb. I just, ah, man, I don't have like one that I prefer to play. I, I've enjoyed both, but I, if I was playing competitively, I would not be touching Rebels right now. I just, I would just be playing mm-hmm. Imperials. And actually the scum, like the last couple waves, scum is just 
made a it's come really oh, far. Totally. I am 100% agree on that. Now, all that being said, again, I'm a mediocre player at best and I don't play tournaments. But if you listen to the people that uh, play competitively, they're like, oh, the, you know, that particular build isn't viable anymore because, you know, this new ship has come out and that makes them, it renders them obsolete or whatever. Well, I don't know if for us, mortal folk if that's as true like i'm sure that some of the the big builds like the rebel builds like an outrider and almost anybody would be a nice pairing or the fat han list and pair him with almost anybody and i think those are still very viable ships to play at one time those were people thought almost overpowered in our hands they're probably still just pretty good. just right <laughs> <laughs> they're probably just right so um yeah and we didn't even get into the whole bit about painting there's a whole facebook group for people that repaint their x-wing ships and i've done that very minimally but man that's a rabbit hole to get into too because that there's some really great artists who've done amazing things with that and there's other modifications you can make. Like some people put LEDs in their ships to make them the engines glow or the insides glow. And Oh, get out. There's one modification, which is incredibly simple. I recommend it for everybody. And that is simply to go get some black Krylon paint and spray paint your bases because uh, it just makes a big difference. I like having a black peg and a black base. It just makes it look better on the table, I think. There was someone who cr- tried to create a magnetic. Yes, that was the other thing I was going to say. Board so, and yeah. system. There's a board that's magnetic, and so if you put a magnet underneath your bases, it helps your, your bases not slide as much. And that kind of just depends on what kind of um, tabletop mat you have. And I've originally I got one that was a vinyl one, and it looked okay, but uh, it was way too slippery. And I just got one that's a grip mat, which is uh, much more, as the name would say, grippier. And uh, it's nice. Things don't slide around. Uh, but the, what I was going to say about the magnets is... Um, once in a while, you'll have a, a peg that will just snap. Mm. I got these little um, earth magnets, and they, you know, they're they're pretty strong and they're small. And um, you just glue them to the peg, and you glue one to the um, to the ship, and they just snap on, and they uh, you can just snap them on, snap them off. It's really pretty cool. So That's nice. I haven't done that, but to a couple of them, and those are the ones that I already had the the pegs snap. I might do more to that. I've been painting my imperial assault miniatures because those are unpainted yeah and so those actually require me to if i want to have them look nice do some painting so i those take priority over ships that already are painted and painted right really and well. painted well yeah right yeah right well i think we have covered x <laughs> so uh for all the listeners out there who are unfamiliar with it hope you have managed to stick through this and listen and i hope we've, we've sold you on what is really an amazing game and um if you are familiar with it you probably are saying man you guys you are totally missing x y and z but if so drop us a line and tell us uh what we're missing certainly there are other podcasts out there that really cover this stuff in super detail just off the top of my head um one of them is the scum and villainy podcast Uh, another one is the nova squadron radio podcast those you listen to either those two and you'll know more than enough x-wing content than you could possibly want to want to know right so. and i recommend like if you want to if you want to kind of explore the game a little bit more fantasy flight has a great um like 10 minute tutorial on the gameplay yeah uh, which is really well done and that kind of tells you kind of what you're getting yourself into it's really simple uh, but that's a good way of learning the game 
And uh, we've mentioned them before, but there is Team Covenant, which is a game store in Tulsa, Oklahoma. But they do a lot of content on YouTube. And they do unboxings of all of the different ships. Um, they really nerd out. I mean, I love I love Team Covenant, and I nerd out right alongside <laughs> with them, much to um, as my wife rolls her eyes as she listens to me, um, <laughs> as she as she as she sees me and witnesses me watching people on YouTube unboxing a toy, mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah. But they're great because they they go into all of this detail too. They're the ones where you know we talk about talk about meta. Mm-hmm. These are folks who who love this game so thoroughly. They compete. They sell the games. Like they really, their lives orbit around this universe. Yeah. So they're fun. They're fun to kind of engage with and and listen to as well. Thanks again for everyone for listening. Thanks to Skiznot again for giving us our uh, theme music. You can find us on the web at geekquorum.com and galacticacorum.com, and uh, again on the Facebook. Look us up. Find us on iTunes, uh, please. Leave us a little review. Uh, that helps. And find us on Twitter. Send us an email. All that stuff. Everything pretty much except for a snail mail. We, we've covered up pretty much every avenue electronically on, on the internet. Until next time. So yes, until next time, I do believe the jump clock is running. So that means it is time to say bye-bye. Bye-bye. Next time on the Geek Quorum. Hold on one second. My son has just poked his head in the room. You were supposed to be in bed, young man. But I heard Geek did, talk. Did. He was. He heard himself at the end of the podcast last time, yeah. and his he his head uh, <laughs> grew two sizes. <laughs>